Hello campers, my name is Phyllis Kansley, your host and your guide through the darkest corners of the paranormal. If you're new here, thank you for joining the podcast. If you're not, make sure you're still staying tuned with each and every episode. Right now we are introducing a new series like we did last time. Last time we had UFOs and ghosts and everything paranormal you could think of. Right now, we are dealing with cults. We'll have a couple of episodes. We'll be covering one of the top known and also unknown cults around the world. But today's guest is not a guest on the podcast. It's somebody who has been here for a couple of episodes now. I'm sure you already know his name and who he is by now. So everybody, I present to you, Joseph M. Leonard. Hi, Joe. Welcome back. Hello, hello, Yeah, well, first I've got to suggest you change the name of the show because it it should just be Para because there's absolutely nothing normal about you. (laughs) It should be the Wicked Para podcast. (laughs) It should be the Wicked Para campus podcast, actually. Yeah, for those who expected. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For those who don't remember or didn't see the episodes I'm on, I have to give Phyllis some crap before we get going, hence, hence the joke. So, <laughs> dead air in there. <laughs> uh huh. It's just technical difficulties, <laughs> but that's fine. Anyways, campers. Far and wild. Today we are listening, or may, actually not listening, we are discussing, Joe and I, a cult from Japan. And you might be wondering why we're starting with Japan. I'm actually saving the greatest, most gruesome, if I can call it that, cult for the last. So today we're beginning in no order whatsoever. We are beginning with a cult known as Ohms. I hope I haven't mispronounced that word because it has taken me almost a whole month to figure out how to say that word. I was calling it Ohms and I was trying to think, no, 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 it doesn't sound right. I literally wow. had to Google. Yeah. Ohms Shinrikyo. So it's easier to call them the Supreme Truth. Everybody can, yeah, it's a lot easier to call them that than Om Shinrikyo. (laughs) Anyways, for those who are not aware of this cult specifically, it is a Japanese doomsday cult. Yes, you heard me right. A doomsday cult that was responsible for a very deadly Tokyo subway sarin attack back in 95. It wasn't even in the, in like, the early 2000s, no, it was like in 95. And this cult was founded back in 84 by Shoko Asahara. I hope I haven't butchered his name <laughs> because Japanese names are everywhere. So it was founded by this guy named Shoko Asahara who proclaimed himself as the Messiah. We haven't had one person on this planet proclaim that maybe they are the Messiah or maybe they know the Messiah, but this guy in 84, managed to proclaim and actually get a gathering of people and convince them that he is the Messiah and that impending doom is coming. So the Doomsday Cult, if we can call it that, attacked thousands of followers who are willing to dedicate their lives to the cult and its leader. And actually, Joe, I realized that a lot of people 
can believe in literally anything on this planet. We humans are weak and stupid at times. We believe in almost anything. Because how do you just get this person who tells you, I am the Messiah? If back then nobody believed it, why didn't you believe it so easily yeah, in today's and, time? Yeah, and they weren't some small little thing either. They yeah. They were headquartered in... Uh, actually, their base was Kamiku Ishiki at the base of Mount Fuji. Let me read this little paragraph from Terror Strikes coming soon to a city near you. In the uh, Tokyo chapter, chapter 6, it in part says, It was a cool, misty Monday morning one spring as Tokyo began its hectic work week from their base in Kamiku Ishiki at the base of Mount Fuji, members of the Om Shrink Hill, the Supreme Truth, identified by many as an apocalyptic religious sect or doomsday cult, made the final preparations for their assault. As you already mentioned, I go into then the Tokyo subway assault in chapter 6 of uh, terror strikes coming soon to city near you. But beyond that, they actually, though headquartered there, had locations in dozens of other countries. So they were a worldwide cult, including offices in the United States, until after this, and they were identified as a terror organization and basically shut down everywhere. Mm -hmm. And I don't know why they decided to attack the Tokyo subway, but when I did my research, I realized that that had injured thousands and also killed 13 people in that whole fiasco that they caused at the subway. And after the attack, like you said, the cult was banned by the Japanese government and its leader, Shoko, and several other members were arrested and later sentenced to death. Some were just condemned to death, some went into prison. And you might be wondering, for those who are listening, what were the crimes that were committed apart from the Tokyo attack? Well, they were actually found guilty of murder, like I mentioned, and also abduction of people and also illegal production of chemical and biological weapons. So, like Joe said, this was a terror organizational group that was masked as a group of people doing good because you realize that most of these people who are pulled in into this cult were told that there is a doomsday happening and maybe they were told if this and this is to be happened, maybe the doomsday could be stopped. And you would realize that 10 people might seem small, but... For all, all those who survived later on, you realize that they will never forget this thing that happened because it's a cult. A lot of people don't recover from things that happen in cults, right, Joe? Right. I mean, it takes a long time if you can manage to get someone out of a cult to deprogram them and get them to return to reality because they buy into everything that cult leader is saying, which of course then everybody outside the cult is their enemy. Mm -hmm. And also you realize that these cult members, the funny thing about cults, it's like 
they make it to be like quote unquote a kingdom because you realize that there is a leader their hierarchies before even you get to the cult members themselves you realize that there is some sort of hierarchy and i'm always wondering how is it that you can just stay in one specific place for such a long time get some teachings because i know some people just say oh that's the same thing with christianity that's the same thing with uh, any other religious group but at least with religious group nobody's brainwashing you to do something that you don't want to do but you find with cults they get you at your most vulnerable this person will grab you they'll brainwash you into believing something which is completely untrue and since humans once again we are weak and we will believe in anything you find this person at their weakest moment will try to find solace in anything in any person in any group and once they realize that oh probably this group of people are my safe haven and you realize they don't even know they're in a cult i was telling actually somebody the other day we were watching the news because in my country we have this like giant massacre of a cult no relation to this episode whatsoever because i had planned like i told you before i planned this episode a while back and then this just came up on the news you see that these people in my country actually they were led to believe that their time on earth is done and all you have to do is starve yourself to and thousands of people joe thousands went to this church in the bushes they were sent into the world hungry with just a piece of clothing on their body they were told to fast wait for their deaths and they see jesus because their time on earth is dead so yeah. i was wondering how do you even convince people are we that dumb do you know yeah, I... even if aliens come i don't even think they'll invade us at this point <laughs> uh, yeah i I, I don't, like you said, the difference between a real religion and a cult. A real religion, a true faith, like uh, just to stick with uh, uh, Judaism and Christianity, and even uh, mainline Islam, they don't mm -hmm. ask you to... Uh, harm yourself or others. Now, obviously, with my book, Terrorism, talking about Islamic jihadists, those are almost like cults within the faith of Islam, though. So, you know, separating the main faith and faithful. It's a religion if they want to save you. They want you to have a good life, not just on this planet, and the afterlife, if they're trying to convince you to harm yourself in this life or others as a form of your salvation, it's not a real faith. It, it is indeed a cult. Mm -hmm. And you realize that even most of the times, even when it comes to cults, no justice, this cult leader didn't force these people to do anything they did it at their own free will especially when it comes to my side of the country live alone the the ailment the japanese because you realize that he had to brainwash them but when it comes to my country we even look at the justice system they find it hard to convict this person of any crime because he didn't force anybody to starve he just told them your time on earth is done now you need to leave your families bring those who want to come along with you leave your earthly possessions past wait for your death 
he never forced them to do anything. Now you find it hard for the court system to actually convict him of mm. all these murders. And Joe, they have recovered a hundred and plus bodies and they're still counting. The month is not over. They're still counting. We have 300 people missing. We have 100 bodies recovered and you can't convict this man of anything. And the government Why? has been trying to convict him for over 10 years, for over a decade. But you cannot. Yeah. The cult leaders, cult leaders are careful. They're usually very charismatic. So there, there is a you know, an attraction to them that there just seems to be an aura about them. They're very slick talkers. And like you said, they don't tell you, kill yourself, but they get around it in ways and terms and just kind of suggest that then you do that, right? And, uh, and then usually, of course, the cult leadership then blames somebody else and everybody else that uh, the government did it, really. You know, it's it's always a false flag suggestion. Same with the supreme truth. The leaders, when caught basically red-handed with materials and things like that, all try to contend that the Japanese government staged those subway attacks and tried to attribute it to the supreme truth because, you know, again, it goes back to it's, it's always the cult against the world. And, every you know, they are the only people with true enlightenment, and therefore everybody wants to destroy them. It's part of the control mechanism of the cult so that you believe in only in the cult and uh, exclude anything any external force is saying about you. Mm -hmm. You mentioned charismatic leaders. I actually just remembered out of the top of my head automatically Ted Bundy. Ted Bundy <laughs> was considered as the most charismatic serial killer out there. But the only difference to him with cult members is he actually never lied about the fact that he murdered people. He acknowledged <laughs> it, that he did murder those people, and those people knew their deaths were coming, and he never lied to them. But when it comes to cult leaders, they go around it and even go to the point where they make the real families of these victims seem like the wrong people. I don't know why they have to make the family seem like they're the wrong ones because you'll find some of them are actually convincing people that you have to leave your family. They're trying to pull you down. They're trying to pull you back into the earth, like like the earthly demonic things, especially when it comes to any religious cult, quote-unquote religious. They try to make it seem like every person on earth is wrong apart from you and the members of the cult. So you find some people are trying to even pull their infants into this. They're trying to pull their children into this. And these children don't know any better because they're like, oh, my parents are doing this, so I'll do it myself too. Mm -hmm. You can't tell the kid otherwise. And then you find this sadistic and narcissistic leader who is trying to form a, what can I call it? I even don't know if I can call it, I'm still putting quotes on this community, because he himself is not doing this. All cult members of all cult members die. The cult leader always survives in every single situation that happens. And when we look into the other cults as well in the coming episodes, you realize that every single cult leader will survive. 
Some will escape, some won't be convicted, some will die by the gallows, but they will survive in the end automatically. The, their, their members are gone. Yeah, Even they always. Isn't one of them just questioning? Can't one of them just question? Isn't this just weird? Doesn't this seem suspicious? Why are we dying and you are not? Yeah, are they that, that into that's not true that of every every cult, of course. But I think what you're saying is correct in that the cult leader of a, is, of course, attempting to set himself or herself up for a means of escape in order to survive. Uh, like, I, I, I'm not positive, but I'm pretty sure David Koresh died at Waco in in that fire. I don't think he escaped. I could be wrong. He may have and then been put on trial. But, yeah, it's like uh, the Jamestown, Jamestown cult, too. I, I don't remember if... if he survived himself. I think he did and got put on trial. But it's it, it, we're talking charismatic people, and that doesn't necessarily equate to normal looking, though, either. Look at Charles Manson. I mean, how do you not look at that guy and say, wow, there's something wild and weird about this guy, but yet... He, in some way, was charismatic and attracted, uh, you know, Hollywood insiders and models into his cult. Mm -hmm. That's very true. But when it comes to this particular cult that we are talking about today, I actually found a very tiny piece of information that's very weird. I never realized that anything like this could happen because I normally think that when somebody gets out of a cult, one, they either get over it they through therapy and all that, or they don't. But I actually realized that some former members of of Ohm actually formed their own cult after leaving. Like ah. they went on ahead to form their own cult. And I actually have uh -huh. a list of those cults here. One of them is called Aleph. Uh, Aleph was a member in them, in that cult. And after the cult's activities were exposed in the mid-1990s, uh, some former members of this cult just came together and then they formed this new cult called Aleph. And Aleph itself has been renowned since then by extremists and ideologists, but the weird thing is how do you just realize that your cult has been exposed? They now know that this is an actual cult. We are going to get exposed by everybody. We are going to get into trial, and then you just realize, oh, I'm going to step aside, run away, open my own cult. It's weird. <coughs> and it's not the only one because you find there are other two. And one one was actually a religious group, a religious group, which is a cult. It's called Agunshu. Once again, butchering Japanese names, but it's okay. It's named Agunshu. It's a one of those former members who also left and then formed their own religious group, which is technically a cult as well because... They were in a cult before, so they can just form a pure religious group. So have you seen cases like this, like maybe when you're also writing on the Om Shinrikyo group as well, did you realize that there were other cult members from other cults who formed their own cults as well? Because 
it's something I haven't heard of before. Yeah, but we they, as far as we know, haven't engaged in terrorist attacks themselves, yes. so I didn't bother to go into that aspect of it. But yeah, you're right. Some of them just kind of like rebranded. It's like, hey, we're not Coke. We're Coke White, right? <laughs> or we're not Coke, we're Pepsi, rebranding. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, because well, one of them, one of them the way, a... way Pep, Pepsi started, they tried to duplicate Coke's formula, and they were actually sued and had to ch- re-change the formula because uh, Coke won that lawsuit for uh, patent infringement. But, yeah, it, it, we're talking the same thing here. Yeah, it's like just slight rebranding. Well, you don't want to be part of that original. We're actually better. You know, it plays on people's pride and hubris, right? Yeah, uh, Sprite hmm. and Mountain do not so far apart, but still from the same thing because you realize that they actually have a nice group which is a cult they call it the circle of light it's also some of the members who came from there they formed a new group called the circle of light but for them they renounced the cult's extremist ideologies and also involved themselves in efforts to actually recount all the cult's crimes so they were like themselves using this new cult like just new members came to group and they were like you know what since we did bad to like atone for everything and i i wish that other people could have also done this because you realize that some people just let them go you realize that you came from a cult now you're shunned by the community especially where i'm coming from you get shunned by the community your whole entire family itself were innocent get shunned by the community so you're technically outcasts your family doesn't know how to help you uh some people get depressed some people end up even doing more wrong so i wish that other people could also do these things they could just realize we are in the wrong so now let us help each other we can now see the light let us come together band together help each other do good because you realize most it's not this one itself because you realize even no matter how small a cult gets it can do so much damage because you're literally controlling the minds of people who cannot help themselves and that's terrifying that's very very terrifying yeah and usually again it, it plays on people's sense of wanting to belong to something but rather that but they themselves and it has to do in part with like schooling today is why there's more and more cults. It, we teach so much esteem over substance, right? So you got a lot of dumb people that feel really good about themselves. They buy into the, I'm special. I'm better than everybody else. So they don't want part of any traditional religion because they're just one little thing in there whereas a cult is attractive because it plays on their i'm special i'm better than everybody else and you know so they become their family instead playing on their uh really it's low sense of esteem uh 
masquerading as as indeed a you know a higher uh, their own insecurities masquerading as uh, you know that they think they're better than everybody else. Mm-hmm. They're hiding their own insecurities. Yep. Mm-hmm. And actually, if anybody were to ask me, like even out here, if anybody were to ask me, what is the easiest way to explain a cult? What is a cult? Or how do even people get into a cult? What I normally think about is the story of Humpty Dumpty. Just bear with me. <laughs> Just yeah. bear with me with this one. You lost because, me. You're going to have to explain that one to me. Yeah, yeah I think of the story of Humpty Dumpty. It actually gets dumped because picture this individual who is Humpty Dumpty literally sat on the wall of their life. They don't know what to do. They're just there. They don't know what's right, what's wrong. They're literally on the fence. And then, boom, one day, you suddenly have that one great failure, just like Humpty Dumpty, that one big fall that breaks you. Nobody around you manages to put you back together, not even the king's men, not even the king's horsemen, until one day, this fantastic quote-unquote wizard just shows up masquerading as the perfect savior for you and they tell you you know what i'll put you back together again stronger than ever because nobody can do it and then boom you're in a cult that's how you joined several other humpty dumpties who are saved by this magical wizard that was willing to help you because literally that's how i think of it just like humpty dumpty he was sat on a wall he had a great fall nobody could put him back together again but what happened after that we don't know. Yeah, that that's good. I'm I'm gonna have to steal that analogy for a book. <laughs> I'm giving it to you. <laughs> I will give it to you freely, because come to think of it, nobody ever told us what happened to Humpty Dumpty after that. They just told right. us that nobody could put him back together again. So who fixed Humpty Dumpty? Did he right. just that, stay on the street? That is one of those weird children's books that the moral of the story was kind of just vague and left mm-hmm. out there. And the way you explain it is perfect to fit for our times, to read that to a child and explain it from that aspect. Mm-hmm. Because you find a lot of things could be explained to children from earlier on, even when it comes to cults especially. Let's say Hansel and Gretel as well. That which was not a kidnapper. Actually, at this point, I even don't know if it's Hansel and Gretel who are the villains or if it's the witch who's the villain. <laughs> because you don't know. Everybody comes with their own tale. They say the witch was nice, but Hansel and Gretel came to, th- to eat her home, so he tried to stop them. But then Hansel and Gretel put her in the oven. But then the story that I grew up in is that the witch was bad, kidnapped kids, tried to eat them, and then in return, the kids put them in the oven. So we are literally teaching our kids, if somebody does bad to you, do bad to them. That's what that story says. If somebody does evil to you, do evil to them. The cult will tell you the same. If the world abandons you, abandon the world altogether. Yeah. Yeah. And literally, that's how people just fall into traps. We literally fall into traps that we can see. There are signs telling you, Joe, this is a trap. Don't walk. But no, we'll still walk into that trap wholeheartedly. No way of getting out. Nobody wanting to pull us out. Nobody will be willing to even help us because they were like, Joe, we told you. It's right there. We told you. 
Yeah, and today it's not even uh, like you said, if they've done evil to you, do evil back. The old adage of do unto others as you would have them do unto you, a positive moral. It's now become do unto others before they do unto you in the vein you were yes. Yeah. Be the aggressor. When that gives you lemon, take lemonade. Or, <laughs> it yeah, does. That, that's Nobody's making lemonade. <laughs> no. Life throws you lemons, throw lemons back. <laughs> that's literally what <laughs> people are doing. And it's not even it's not even slightest way you realize that some people just fall into these traps oddly. You realize that cults start with families, some of them. You realize that, let's say, for example, the dad and the mom come together and then they're like, you know what? We can start a good organization. We can just write a book. We write our own commandments. We write our own Bible. We come up with our own rules. It's like playing Dungeons and Dragons in real life, basically. And then they just band together a bunch of people. And then they're like, you know what? If we convince enough people, we will make profit because I'm sure these cults are making profits they'll have a lawyer they'll have an advisor they'll have a financer what do you need that for if you're trying to save the planet what do you need a lawyer for what do you need a financer for so if you see that they have actual even legal steps to protect themselves these people maybe came together and they're like we will try to convince a lot of people to come here maybe as they leave their worldly things they can bring them to the quote-unquote church bring them here, offer it as a sacrifice, and then God will take them, and then they'll be the holiest of the holiest, huh? holier than the Pope, holier than Mother Teresa, even holier than Robin Hood. Yeah. Robin Hood. That, that's how the cult of Scientology got started. Ronald Hubbard was basically a failed science fiction writer, and creating this, quote, new faith, based around his writings was just a way for him to sell more books. Mm -hmm. And still to this day after his death, you are required to buy all his writings. And once a year, every couple of years, they will change his writings in his name, and you are required to buy them all again, even if they just change one sentence. So it's just a money cult, really, mm-hmm. when it comes down to it. it, it you know, it, it, it would be okay if it were the Ron L. Hubbard Club. But, you know, and you freely join in and want to engage as a fan of Ron L. Hubbard in a club and, you know, and in pool resources or whatever. But it went into cultism from fan clubism. <laughs> mm-hmm. And it's weird that actually the Church of Scientology is still alive till today. They haven't done any harm, but it has a lot of high-profile members. You realize that people are actually into the church. They actually enjoy the teachings. They enjoy the book. It's like a massive book club that's also a fan club at the same time. It's dedicated to his work, it's dedicated to his writing. They, I've never seen a group of people that dedicated. Even I'm a Harry Potter fan, and we're not that dedicated. We don't have a church. <laughs> hey, we don't have a church. We have Hogwarts, though. 
J J K Rowling can start her own cult like Ron L. Humphrey. I'd join. I'd actually join. If <laughs> if I realized that somehow J.K. Rowling's managed to bring Harry Potter into life, a lot of people would be happy. Old and young would be happy. Because people grew up in this. But for a random author to have a church in LA based on his book and have these many followers, that's a cost yeah. that you can't touch. Well, there, there's a great uh, Leah Remini who used to uh, be uh, in the King uh, King of Queens series with Kevin James, uh, was part of the Scientology cult for a while. She got out and she had, I think it was on A&E Channel series about, uh, uh, I forget what it was called, but, you know, it was all about those escaping the Church of Scientology. And indeed, the illegal acts and harm to people that were going on in the church that they try to keep quiet and how hard it is to get somebody out of that cult. Because uh, mm-hmm. a lot of them are living on compounds, gated compounds with barbed wire aimed in. It's like when Russia built the wall in uh, the, the, uh, uh, built the wall. It wasn't to keep people out. It was to keep people in. And all mm. these Church of Scientology compounds have got barbed wire on the inside to keep people yes. in. It, it, you know, it's not an honest religion if once you're in, you can't say, I don't no longer, I no longer want to be part of that. That, that is indeed a cult and that is, uh, literally kidnapping, holding people against their will. And for whatever reason, uh, part of that show with Leah Remini, they've gone into it and round and round with former FBI agents. I mean, they know the crimes that are going in on in there, but yet they still don't do anything. So somebody's on the take somewhere. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, and we won't spoil a lot about the Church of Scientology, because it's actually part of this series. You're right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Also, the Charles Manson is also part of this. The Freemasons are part of this because we need to make it clear that the Freemasons and Charles Manson are two different things. A lot of people get that wrong. <laughs> they get, especially I... in my country, if you well, mention the Freemason Brotherhood, the first they thing that goes into their mind is Illuminati. They're the Illuminati. They are the wrong kind of people. But they don't realize that there's actually, on the other side, the Charles Manson. We, these are two different organizations. One is doing good. One is doing evil. You have to <laughs> differentiate between the both. <laughs> That's actually one of the greatest things about this episodes and also this channel is that as we go on we realize that oh my god we have something to talk about there are two different things here two three different things that we actually have to differentiate because you realize that maybe maybe someone out there maybe is new to LA they didn't know that what the church of Scientology is and then they realize oh maybe I like science maybe it's a big fan club maybe I should join and then you join and then you're like oh 
not what I expected, not what I expected, and you can't get out. Right. You can't. And then maybe there's a guy out there who wants to join the Freemasons and do good, be part of the Brotherhood, and then they end up with Charles Manson. What do you tell them? <laughs> what do you tell these kind of people? But we won't spoil it. We won't spoil it. Today is all about ohms and anything around ohms. So as one of our biggest people with the exclusive Joe, what can you tell the audience to wrap this particular episode? Well, I there there's not too much else to say because uh, unless it's like you said, they go down the rabbit hole of the spinoffs. They they are kind of pretty much dead and buried, uh, but of course they became on my radar uh, when I was reaching researching for terror strikes coming soon to a city near you, and I needed to show in my book, you know, uh, when you mention terrorism, you're immediately accused of Islamophobia. Well, mm-hmm. my book is not only about Islamic terrorists. That's why there's the chapter on Tokyo, the show, you know, terrorists, not all Muslims are terrorists, not all terrorists are Muslims, and, mm-hmm. you know, all that, you know, it's a shame you have to make such a disclaimer, but people who won't look at what you're presenting just to shut down any discussion will make that leap. So I, of course, have that Tokyo uh, chapter. I have uh, others to Toronto, London, Madrid, and Tokyo uh, because it's an international issue. It is not just Islamic radicals. Uh, terrorists come in all shapes and sizes and colors. And uh, so that's why they landed up on my radar and in my book to make that point. You, you can't, when you say terrorists, just automatically think and insist it's one group of people it is not mm-hmm. and for those listening if you want to read more about tokyo and any other chapter just go on, on amazon get terror strikes links will be in the description down below we'll never stop talking about terror strikes this year <laughs> on this podcast and also i'll make a blog on this particular terror group so that people can read about them they can know who they are who which group members were convicted which group members managed to escape and actually form good organizations of their own and also if the families managed to get justice even after all these years you can just check the blog with the link in the description but until the next episode we want you to stay tuned so follow us both on social media and if you have any questions whatsoever just drop them in any of our comment sections. We will keep in touch with each other. We will share with each other because this podcast is actually not for the faint-hearted, if you have realized that. We are talking about weird stuff. We are talking about everything past the veil of reality. We are talking about skeptics. We are talking about truths. We are talking about fiction. We are talking about anything you would want to be talked about on this particular podcast. So stay tuned because we will have a lot more from me and also from Joe, right? Yeah, this show is for the normal, even though Phyllis isn't normal. True, true. (laughs) I'm literally the captain of the para. (laughs) 
Thanks for having me on again. Bye. Bye. Thanks for having me on again.